welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets You got any idea how much blood jets out of a guy's neck? You've come back to us, Michael. She can stop the rage. Too many bones. Too many bones. It is that gives the dead the appearance of life. Oh, it is not the appearance of life. It is life. This is not magic, as you say. I am a scientist. We'll tear your soul apart. Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood, as we continue our Killer Objects Month here, and we are about to be finishing up with some Killer Objects. If you like malls, if you like tits, a lot of tits, different type of tits, too. If you like killer robots that remind you of Robocop, all right, and you like this Michael guy chewing his gum, oh boy, this is the review for you, brother, because we are entering the mall. And we are, we are, we'll be in there at nighttime. We're in a furniture store that randomly has refrigerators because we're talking all about <laughs> chopping mall, brother. Jay Allison, James Klein, what's happening, Allison? How do you feel about this mall? How do you feel about these killer robots? How do you feel about your gum chewing? Let me know. What's up, man? Um, yeah, I was almost going to chew some gum for this entire episode, but then I remembered we're an audio podcast. That doesn't really work. Bro, this guy but, uh, was yeah, chewing so gum every <laughs> fucking minute. I was like, bro, come on now. <laughs> I wonder, if, I wonder if that's like a 1980s thing that I don't remember. But anyway, um, I love this movie. I've always liked this movie. Um, and I, I knew when we first started doing this show, I'm pretty sure I mentioned that eventually we would do Chopping Mall. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, to me, it's like a cross between, uh, it's like a cross between three things. It's a lot of like RoboCop, Terminator, <laughs> and Short Circuit. Like if you took those three movies and put them all together, you got Chopping Mall. With a little bit of Dawn of the Dead in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It has a little bit of that Dawn of the Dead uh, type feel. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a very um, interesting movie, you know. So, you, I mean, this is like like super 80s. You know what I mean? Like, that, <laughs> when, I, when I think about the 80s and shit, like, this is what I think about. You know what I mean? You got right, all this exactly. branding everywhere, Coca-Cola everywhere. Got these, you know, these kids. All they want to do is have sex. You know, we have like yep. this big corporation trying to find the newest, fanciest thing to get their self out there, but it goes horribly wrong. I mean, it, it's it's a it's a very interesting movie, and which is weird. Apparently, um, that we'll talk about it more in the who booked this shit line. But you know, apparently, when this movie had like this little test run, like people weren't digging it at all. <laughs> so I mean, it's like no, no. I mean, I don't know what like the hell they were trying to expect. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was fun. You know what I mean? So, but you know, you could tell like this is probably one of those other movies that we talked about many times where you know at the time people were probably like, ah, this shit was just a bunch of you know laziness. But then later on, people start loving it for the uh, for the goofiness that it is. Well, so. it was also edited too. Like the original version, the version we saw was 19 minutes shorter than the uh, than the uh, uh, the version we watched for the show oh, yeah. was 19 minutes shorter than the test test one. So this movie now is 77 minutes long. So we don't have your uh, 
you know, two hour <laughs> blood hook movies <laughs> like we watched last week. This is a short and concise 77 minutes. And I think that it shows the difference between a movie that's too damn long yes. and a movie that's about the perfect. This is perfect. Like, I love the yeah, length the of this movie. Length. Yeah. Like, when I saw that movie, I s- when I saw the movie, it was only like an hour and 10 minutes. I was like, fuck, thank, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Because it's like, I've said that many times, like 90 minutes or right about is the perfect length for a horror movie. You know, like less than 80, I think is a little short, but, um, you know, this clocked in at 77 minutes. But, you know, I think that you can tell a good story in 75 or 80 minutes and not put too much padding in it. But, yeah, once your horror movie gets above 90 minutes, it starts to drag a little bit too much, I think. Uh, once you get past an hour and 40 minutes, it's just it's hopeless. Yeah. Um, it's hard to find a good movie. I mean, The Exorcist is an exception. It's two hours long, I think. But it. You know, you need you need to you need to get in and get out in ninety minutes. Your Friday the thirteenth, your Halloween, yeah. all that right at ninety minutes, that's the way you need to be. Yeah, I mean opinion. if you're like a slasher or something like that, ninety minutes is definitely, you know, the territory you want to be in. Mm-hmm. Um so you know, like in every retro blood show, we talk about the uh movies release history around yep. pro wrestling and metal. Um so you know, we had two release dates for Chopping Mall, brother. Uh, we had the test release, which is March 21st, 1986. Uh, that's yep. when it was going over the title, Kill Bots. Kill Bots. <laughs> I mean, let's get right to the point. <laughs> I wasn't going to talk to you about Chopping Mall. Like, was there like even, even like any chopping going down? Uh, No, but it sounds cool, right? Yes, it does sound cool. Like, if you can't <laughs> call it, if you're making your movie and you can't call it Kill Bots. Yes. <laughs> Then Chopping Mall is your second best option. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so when the movie actually got released, I guess permanently, was in November 14th, 1986, starting off in New York City. But I want to talk about the test market release. because Let's be honest, guys out there, guys and girls out there, and Allison. If me and Allison and most of you guys heard, hey, there's a free testing for a movie called Killbots, I mean, who the fuck wouldn't go? Okay, I know I'd be in the yeah, first exactly. fucking seat. Exactly. I had the popcorn. I had the fucking uh, a Coca-Cola bottle. All right. Mm-hmm. I have all the gimmicks. I start watching this movie. I probably would have loved every minute of it. All right. Yep. So I'm doing that release day because we do have a lot of stuff going on in pro wrestling and music, metal music. Um, so the first thing I want to talk about is the uh, the pro wrestling because that's probably going to be the, the longest segment. So in March, all right, of 19... Um, 86 we are we are preparing for wrestlemania 2 all right so wrestlemania 2 was in april 7th of 1986 but we're having a lot of build towards the famous event and of course you know wrestlemania 2 is that famous wrestlemania where they broadcast it from like three different locations which is pretty wild which is something they i don't think they would ever do that again i mean the only time i remember them doing that like i kind of again was when they did that raw like anniversary show where they showed half of the show from the Manhattan Center and they showed half the show from that New York Stadium. Where they went simulcast that way, but I don't think they've done like yeah. a full like you're we're in a totally different state and we're broadcasting everything at the, at once. So right, but how did that work? Like, did they? So I mean, they did they have matches that we didn't see that ran for the live audience, or yeah. was the live audience? Um, 
watching the matches from the other venues on a big screen. So what I, what I believe was, I think the other arenas were watching the matches from the live screen. Okay. You know what I mean? Like they might have had Which maybe a one or two. Sense. Yeah, they might have had one or two matches, but they're like every time they saw my cast, they would show it from the screen on there to everybody. And I heard the screen was hard to see as well too, because you know it's back in the day. Yeah. So you know this this movie, like I said, the um, the release date that we're talking about is going to be March twenty first, nineteen eighty six, and. Five days after that, the WWF preparing for WrestleMania 2 ran a, ran a house show. All right. Well, actually, it was uh, March 21st is when they won the... Actually, well, yeah, okay, it's on the same date. Okay, look at this. So we have March 21st when we had the, the, the uh, test release. And then if we were also in San Diego at the sports arena in San Diego, California, we would actually... I'm pretty sure we could have done both because this movie was filmed mostly in California, which we'll talk about that yeah. too. So that's interesting. So we would be seeing, not only would we be seeing this test movie, maybe we see that earlier in the day. We saw, we just got done seeing Killbots. All right. Everybody hated it, but I, mean, I loved it because of the tits. We loved it. Yes, yeah. we loved it in the corniness. So next thing we would be seeing this show and it opens up with Dan Spivey, brother. So we go from, from Greg, Michael, you know, fighting <laughs> off bots and getting shoot by lazy be- laser beams, the Dan Spivey brother, and yep. he defeated uh, Alexis Smirnoff. Okay, so we also have the Hart Foundation are on this show. Bret Hart and Jimmy Jim Nyhart they defeated the Killer Bees. We had King Kong Bundy who is preparing for his match with Hulk Hogan by defeating Lanny Poffo. And of course, cool. we had the we had Tino Santana defeated Randy Savage, Viva, disqualification, for, to retain the uh, so Randy Savage retained the Intercontinental Championship. And do you know what our main event was, Allison and everybody out there? Uh, I do not know. We have a rematch from Uh-oh. WrestleMania One. We have Andre the Giant defeating Big John Studd. Oh, that would be a good show. Not a bad show. Yeah, I mean, you know, nothing gets you more prepared to to fight Hulk Hogan than fighting Lenny Poffo. Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on, now, they're bro. similar. They're yeah, similar. Very similar. <laughs> so you know, we're 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 preparing for the uh, for the WrestleMania two, which uh, you know Hulk Hogan would defend his title against King Kong Buddy in a steel cage, cage match, brother. Yep. We had Intercontinental Championship Macho Man Randy Savage defending his title against Georgie Animal Steel. On that show, obviously we had that big battle royal that was run by Andre the Giant that had a bunch of those football players in it. And, of course, one of my favorite matches, <laughs> the boxing match. Roddy Piper versus Mr. T-Brother. So, we're get, we're gearing, you know, this, this era right here of WWE, this is hot shit right here. You know what I mean? We got, I mean, this is like full, like we are getting into character mode. You know, everybody's a big life character you know big cartoon characters i mean we're just in the, we're in the threshold right now brother you know we're about yeah, to the, we're doing wrestlemania 2 wrestlemania 1 was a huge huge success we're mtv era you know what i mean we're just blowing up over here at the f right now yeah it's huge i mean all led behind hulk hogan of course but um the this was about the same time that they did the cartoon show i believe 
which I think was called Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Yes. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but they're like, it's like the WWF faces versus the heels in uh, weird cartoon adventures. <laughs> it's just really bizarre. <laughs> um, if they released that on Blu-ray or DVD, I would buy it. Yes, just, definitely. I'm surprised they don't have it on the Peacock, but maybe they're on it. I kind of, I kind of think that WrestleMania two was better than WrestleMania one. Oh yeah. I mean, in a way it's yes and no. So in ways it was a lot bigger because, you know, they were in a, it's it just weird how they did it. You know, it was it was in like three different venues. Okay, true. true. It was in Nass. It was at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum in New York, the Rosemount Horizon in Chicago, and Los Angeles. I mean, those are like three huge wrestling towns. Okay, absolutely. I mean, it. I I I get the idea. It's a really it's a very fascinating idea that they had. We're gonna run three arenas on the same night. And broadcast matches from each three, and give. And they're they're trying to give each arena a big like, at least one big one or two big matches, you know. Mm-hmm. So it just I guess the structure of you know I think the only problem with it, which is the same problem they had when they did the uh, Manhattan Center in New York, it's just the downtime people weren't liking. Yes. So you know we're gonna watch for like thirty minutes Hulk Hogan on a screen face Bundy that we paid all this money. I want to see Hulk Hogan here. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, and you only got yeah. Hulk Hogan if you went to the LA show. Yes, so it's just like it's just it's just tough. You know what I mean? It's just tough to to do that, and that's probably why they didn't do it again. I mean, the mm. the optics were probably a little hard to do it. You know, with the little simulcasting everything and at the same time, uh, I could just see it be a little bit more difficult than just running out of one big arena. Also, I can't imagine how much it cost. Not even to get it right, but just the cost of doing a simulcast like that in three different locations. Because, because yes. I mean, think about it this way. I mean, in 1999, Raw was still not live because doing live weekly television for one venue was too expensive. Yeah. And they're doing it in 1986 at three different venues at the same time. So, I mean, just imagine how expensive that shit was. Yeah. And they don't even have 1999 technology. They're using, like, you know, whatever satellites were available then. Yeah, they're using the same satellite that was in Chopping Mall that got blown up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what they're using. <laughs> so, and apparently that WrestleMania 2 was the only WrestleMania that was broadcast on a Monday night. Out of all I did not the, know that. Yeah, out of all the WrestleMania. It was WrestleMania, on a Monday night. It was on a Monday night, I why, That's weird. I wonder why that why that was. Just That's the schedule at the time, I guess. So, but Barry, uh, go ahead. Yeah. I was gonna say, what day of the week is WrestleMania one? WrestleMania was all on Sunday. All of them have been on a Sunday, except for this WrestleMania, okay. and then when they did that two night WrestleMania, where it was on a Saturday and Sunday. Of course, yeah, the way they do it now. But yeah, of course, because because we think of like Sunday night as like WrestleMania as like a pay per view night. Mm-hmm. Although that's kind of changed. Now they have them on Saturdays for some reason. Like yeah. Royal Rumble this year is on a fucking Saturday. Yeah, so I know. Like, it's like crazy. Fun. I, it's I don't mind whole it. damn week off. I know. Nah, I mean it's fine. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. Um, For older men like yeah. us who barely go out anymore, brother, <laughs> we sit on, <laughs> we fucking sit on the couch, the pizza in one hand, the beer in the other hand, yelling at fucking, what? yelling at fucking, uh, uh, who, 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 like some jackass, Braun Strowman, eliminating everybody. I don't know. This is some yeah, shit. Yeah, watch our uh, watch our wrestling and <laughs> eat our pizza and drink our beer, listen to metal, and complain about how things aren't like they used to be. Yeah, exactly. Where's Austin at, We've, brother? Where is he at? Exactly. We don't go anywhere because we've been everywhere already. <laughs> yeah. But uh, a lot of fun stuff. 
happened around the uh, the release of Kill. You know, I, you know, I said it before on the show. I really like the later '80s years. You know, just because yeah. it's a lot more party atmosphere. You know what I mean? Like from like 1980 to about 90, 1985, we get a little bit more serious. You know what I mean? Toned movies. I mean, mm-hmm. I, obviously, there's probably serious movies that happen past '95, but I think there was more like party '80s goofiness. That happened yeah. a little bit, a little bit, a little bit after that. You know what I mean? So right. it just, it's well, a, it's, yeah, it, it's a good mixture. Sure. So I, I really like this era. Like wrestling was really fun, music was really fun, and the movies were very fun during uh, yeah. this particular area. This and, is a good era. This is a good era for us. Like you know, the yeah. like all like you're saying just that all those things are still really good because you know everything becomes a parody of itself, and when something becomes popular, people who don't give a shit about it start making this making this thing. So. You know, people who didn't really understand horror movies, you know, started making them at the end of the 80s and they got kind of goofy. Um, people like Freddy Krueger, villains like Freddy Krueger got popular. So then he became basically the good guy of the movie when he should be like the bad guy. But yeah, so this is a good era for us. Music was great. Wrestling was great. Movies were great. It's all great. Speaking of great music. So I want to take it a little different on this episode. You know, normally we talk Uh-oh. about a lot of like metal. You know what I mean? Thrash and stuff. But, you know, every once in a while, you know, you find something you just want to talk about that's in the category, but not exactly. So, right. but I think this this band kind of, like, represents a good part of the 80s in a different way. So, the band Depeche Mode came Depeche out with their Mode. album. Yes, right. Came out with their album Black Celebration. Oh, four days. Oh, what a great album. Yes, four days before Killbots or Chopping Mall did their little test run, March 17, 1986. Now, you know, Depeche Mode is not necessarily like, you know, thrash metal or anything like that, but it's kind of like this, uh, no. it's, it's, you know, very, it's basically like gothic metal, you know, like very synthesized, nice, you know, gothic wave dance music, as you say. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, yeah, it's like... Uh, synth pop or it's like really dark synthesizer pop yeah like i don't think i think on black celebration still they weren't using any guitars or anything it was all synthesizer still yeah and you know the the music's good i mean this is definitely you know music that you know even if you're like a metalhead or right you know you can go to a club or something or go to a a party and you know you'd be playing this kind of music in the background you know what i mean like it's more like the uh the club atmosphere you know, music is more like the dance one. You know, you're having a good time rolling down the street. You don't listen to something too heavy. You just want to listen to something that has nice, cool, like, melodies to it. That's how I was, like, yeah. fixtured that the Peshma would be like. Uh, but this this, yeah. this album's really, really fun. You know, they have a lot of good, um, you know, tracks on this one. You know, A Question of Time. This is their, in my, yeah, I was about to say, in my opinion, this is their best album. Yeah, it definitely it, it's definitely a very like very easy listening to album, you know. Um, and we still hear the you know them today, you know. Any, I guarantee you, any like gothic club or like rock club you go to, you're gonna hear hear at least one or two Depeche Mode songs to this day. Yeah, yeah. You know, I couldn't imagine how still, much stuff they were around. doing in the '80s. Yeah, they're still around. They're still doing their thing. Yeah, they're about to go back out on tour again. Yes. I mean, um, they're still rocking but, it, brother. And we're talking about this is like prime 1986. I mean, there's no way you're telling me that fucking uh, our boy uh, um, uh, uh, Greg, all right, 
wasn't fucking listening to some Depeche Mode. Okay. Yeah, he's got that. He's got that kind of haircut, right? Yeah. The Depeche Mode haircut. Yeah, and you're talking, you know, um, and then you're, t- yeah. So I mean, we we know that they'd be playing it in the background. You know what I mean? So. All right. You got anything else to say about them? Uh, well, I could. We could do an entire show on on Depeche Mode. I, I am a huge fan of Depeche Mode from this era. Um, but yeah, I probably discovered Depeche Mode maybe a year or two after this. I heard the song "Stripped," which is on this album. Yes. Um, and um, I don't think I bought it around that time, but I did hear the song and I liked it. Um, you know, I was listening. I was pretty much listening to like punk rock and metal and classic rock exclusively. So hearing Depeche Mode at this time in my life was definitely something that would have been really strange and unusual. Um, you know, although I obviously I'd heard synth music before, cause that was huge in the eighties, like Madonna and all that shit. But, um, this would have been really strange, but, um, I didn't really, you know, start really loving this kind of music until I was more and more of an adult and really understood. I mean, the, the themes on this album are really dark and they're not something that like a kid would really necessarily understand. But I mean, it's really dark. Like that's not a question of time. I, I mean, it's I mean, it's about you know, like you know, trying to have sex with a fifteen-year-old. I mean, that there's, there, I mean, you can't. I don't know how you could like interpret it as anything else. But you know, I mean, it's it's just a really dark album, but it's really, really, really good. Um, and like I said, I think it's their best album by far. Yeah, definitely fun. And we'll play a couple tracks. Maybe I'll find some live performances to play yeah. on the Facebook. By the way, join the Retro Blood Facebook group page. All the extras from the shows. Um, we drop all the shows on there. Every podcast we do every Sunday. Plus, we let you know about episodes uh, beforehand and the specials that we are doing. So everybody is free to join. Just click that little button. Just click the button. That's all you gotta do. Just click it. Just click. Just cl- it. That's all you gotta do. It's free. It's free. 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 It's free. Free. It doesn't get cheaper than free. I mean, where has free? Okay, <laughs> has fucking uh, Mike. Going buying, uh, uh, let's see some cigarettes. That's how free we are. Okay, that's free. That's fucking I mean, free. That's free. So let's get into some of the who booked this shit, brother. Yeah, this movie is a uh, little pretty interesting. So it was directed by, and I'm probably gonna fuck up this guy's last name. Right, Jim. I can't wait. Wynerski. You did it! Yeah. Oh, I did it. Who yeah, it's for Jim Wynerski. Who yeah. the hell he ever beat? A lot of people okay. like you need to Jim. I love Jim Onorski. He is he's like uh, I, I, we could do a whole show on Jim Onorski movies, but he um, he is like he's a B movie director, and he just he pretty much decided. I think that he's I'm just making B movies. I like B movies from the seventies, and in yeah. the eighties, I'm going to make B movies. But he but to me, he's most famous for making sequels to other B movies. So like there would be a B movie, and then Jim Minorsky would come along and write uh, a sequel to those movies. So like for example, like he made a Sorority House Massacre two. Oh, we'll be doing that one soon. Sequel to Sorority House Massacre. Um, he also made um, a movie called Hard to Die, which is not Die Hard. It's hard to die. Yes. Um, and it, but there, it's like the Sorority House girls are trapped inside a skyscraper. Um, he wrote this movie that I really like called uh, Sorceress from 1982. And he also wrote Screwballs, which is a comedy. Um, he made a sequel to Deathstalker called Deathstalker 2. Deathstalker is a really good fantasy B movie. 
Uh, and my favorite movie, other than Chopping Mall that he ever made, was this movie called Not of This Earth, which um, is not a horror movie, but maybe we'll do it on show eventually. But it's most famous for being Tracy Lord's first mainstream movie role after she left porn. Interesting. Um, so he wrote and directed that. He also directed Return of the Swamp Thing. Um, but one thing, I don't know if you noticed this, but like in Chopping Mall, all those movie posters are on the wall are movies that he wrote or directed. Yes. Yeah, like Sorceress is on the wall yeah. and Screwballs and yeah, Lost Empire. But yeah, Wanorski is a, I mean, he's like, he's like one of those people, he's not like the greatest director ever, ever of all time, but he's just cool. Like, he's just like, this is what I do. And I try to do this the best I can. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, definitely, definitely a pretty fun career, especially, you know, you know, doing B movies and doing stuff like that is it's super fun. You know I mean? It's yes. just, you get a little more creative free license when you do all that. Um, you know, so basically what we were talking about earlier, you know, the film was, had a test screen under the title Killbots by its mm-hmm. distributor Concord Pictures. After it performed poorly with test audience, the film was retitled Chopping Mall, and they took off 19 minutes. Um, in the years since, you know, obviously Chopping Mall has gone on to develop a cult following, and um, apparently it's a, uh, is also have been subject to film criticism for its perceived themes of human consumption and excessives during the Reagan era in the United States. Yeah, so basically the same as Dawn of the Dead. So Dawn of the Dead was in the seventies. Yes. Yeah, mall <clears throat> mall culture, could just consume and spend money. Yes, you know we have had a lot of movies that have that kind of tone onto them. Um, so Julia Corman had a deal with Vestron to make a horror film that took place in a mall. And that's when Jim came in and he agreed to write one cheaply if he could direct it. Uh, so, you know, Jim wrote the script with Steve uh, Mitchell, who he had known since the 1970s when they met at a convention for EC Comics and they became friends. They decided to do a Phantom of the Mall type movie. And Mitchell says it was Jim's idea to feature robots. So Jim said he inspired he was inspired by the 1954 film Gog. And he claims he never saw the 1973 TV film Trapped. Which I'm believing yeah, inspired. I haven't, chop- I haven't seen it either. So apparently, people are saying that movie inspired Chopping Mall, which I can just guess is probably because they got trapped somewhere, probably in a mall. Yeah, right. So, have you? Uh, do you know? Do you know a lot about Vestron Pictures, or do you have any history with them, or any uh, experience with them? Um, not off my, not off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure I've seen their stuff. What What have they done? Yeah. Yeah, they were basically a, a production company from the '80s. I remember Vestron because. They released a lot of B horror movies to to straight to video, or you know, like a lot of the horror movies that I would go to the local mom and pop video store and around that were Vestron videos, and it would just say Vestron video on the side. Um, so they released this. They released a lot of v- B horror movies, but they're most famous because a year after Chopping Mall, they released Dirty Dancing, which was a huge hit. Um, which is strange because you know they were like, of course, I guess like the. You know, Blumhouse, you know, the big horror producer of today does that. They make things that aren't horror movies, too. But, um, you know, they they produced uh, Dirty Dancing, um, which I don't think they expected to be a huge hit. It was like the biggest movie of 1987, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. So, you know, he goes on saying, like, you know, they wrote the the script in about 24 hours. Vestron, you know, (laughs) gave their approval within a week, despite the lack of a script. And they said that the script took around like four or five weeks to, to write and finish. Uh, 
And apparently, the uh, the Jim was just saying how great Roger Corman was. He had nothing but uh, he loved the idea from the get go, and was all supportive of it. Uh, a couple funny things about the casting. Um, <laughs> apparently, Jim says like the girl uh, Kelly Mornay, yeah, yeah, who um who played uh, Allison. Yeah. He, I guess he had like a big crush on her, and that's why he like hired her yeah he just <laughs> yeah he just he just wanted to fuck kelly maroney so he casted her cast her as the lead yes so i thought she did a great job uh oh uh, yeah absolutely yes so you know and also you know a lot of the script obviously was full of jokes written in from characters a bucket of blood and eating roll the writers got the actors from their respective films dick miller mary warnerwell and paul bertel um let's see mitchell wanted john Tarsley to play the hero, but Jim wanted Russell Todd. So Tarsley played the part of Mike. Uh, so, you know, which is also, which is really interesting about this one, is at the beginning of the film, which we'll talk about, the guy who played, like, the guy who, uh, you know, there was a little, like, demo reel of showing what the robots yeah. can do. The guy still in the jewelry is one. Mm-hmm. Rod, uh, Rodney Eastman, yeah. who we all know from from earlier, earlier, super early Retro Blood episodes. Yep. He was Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, and he and, was in Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. Yeah, so he, this was after he did those movies. Yeah, so this is uh, his film debut. was like this couple yeah. seconds on this film. And of course, we know his character from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. He was the guy who was Wanking off in his water bed and he got killed by the fucking tit fucking uh, demon creature. Yeah, so that was uh, a better role than this. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, he got more screen time, brother. This one, he just, like, took a watch and he got killed by a robot. Yep. So, you know, which is pretty interesting about this movie, too. It was actually, a, a, portions of the film were shot on location at the Sherman Oates Gallery. And this mall has actually been pretty popular of having it in cinema movies. Because it was also in Fast Time at Richmond High and Commando. They have used that mall for shooting lo- shooting stuff on the spot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that, uh, and they, 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 they intended the first to film everything from the Beverly Center, but they couldn't. Yeah. But they did, do some, um, they did do some filming on the outside of the Beverly Center for shots. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was pretty funny. So they wanted to film it at the Beverly Center, which is a really famous i guess you could say mall in los angeles that's still there um but they could they couldn't afford it like they couldn't afford the fee so they shot they shot at the sherman oaks gallery instead and they shot the outside of the beverly center and pretended that it was there yeah so they also you know they said that the uh, the film estimated filming took about 20 days at the gallery and two days at the Conrad studio. So they did, you know, a lot of the, probably a lot of the breaking of the glass and going through the actual stores at the studio. That's uh, what I'd say. I'm sure they didn't break the store glass. Yeah. Unless they want to pay <laughs> up a good price. And apparently, yeah, I don't the, know why this took so long to make though, like 20 days to film this. Well, you know, brother, we got to get the fucking, uh, you know, we got to make sure the sex scenes are good. We got to make sure yeah. we got the, you know, people out of the mall on time. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. That's true. That Well, that's true. So they could they could probably only film, like Dawn of the Dead could only film from like 9 o'clock at night to like 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So you're right. They probably could only film like a few hours a day. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. That furniture store don't come cheap, brother. 
That's uh-huh. true. And uh, the robots were probably hard to get those to work right. I yeah. wonder how they did those anyway. That well, was pretty, what they did was they just effect. called up the people who made Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the first thing I saw when I saw those like killer robot things. They remind me of the villain from Robocop. Like the, you know, obviously a lot smaller version and not cheaper. Mm. Either that or like the thing from Terminator. One of the two. Yeah. So apparently this and, movie and was a short circuit robot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we got to make toys somehow, brother. So it had a budget of eight hundred thousand dollars. So, yeah, well, not too bad. Not too bad. So I mean, it's a pretty expensive movie for, you know, for a movie like this. Yeah. So you know, and also to you know, so apparently there's uh there's at least two different versions of the film exist. The TV cut has some extra footage, such as a small yeah. homage to Attack of the Crab Monsters. Extended scene of Ferdy and Allison watching TV, which we saw. Some aerial shots, an extension of one of the Fred, Freddy, Allison's scenes. No official source mm-hmm. offers this version. Um, Home media, you know, this, this this film was released on VHS uh, by Vestron, and and then of course you know the the producer Jim said later on the film did okay when it was released in theaters it got some okay reviews and did decent business but it really found a life on VHS and cable that's when it really was yep. embraced which makes sense you know a lot of movies like we talk about you know just because they don't do good in the theaters doesn't and then when that VHS came along brother you know a lot of these movies were hot for VHS you know do you think that happens nowadays you know no but I think it could um, I think that the well, I think the version of that now is things doing really well on streaming. Yeah. Well, um, but now though, it's different. It's a different. It's a different culture because. So basically, the way like we 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 hear this a lot. We say it a lot. Like, well, it didn't do well in the theater, but it became a cult classic when it was released on video, and that happened a lot because these movies didn't open wide. Like, they didn't yeah. have a lot of prints of these movies. They had to like cycle those prints through. Uh, through different theaters. I think they called it bicycling where they would like strike a print of choppy mall say, and then like whatever big movie came out the week of that choppy, you know, whatever big movie came out, you know, weekend in 1986, if a local theater couldn't get it, then like, well, we got this chopping mall movie. Like, okay, we'll run that. So, you know, it's at least something new. So, you know, they would play these, these B horror movies, you know, as a second feature, you know, because they couldn't get whatever the main movie was that week. So they would play and a few people would see him. And I mean, even at $800,000, it's hard to make a ton of money off of something like that. But then when it went out the video, you know, when video got big, these, these video stores were like, well, we need content. We need things to rent to people. So yeah, Vestron send us 10 copies of chopping mall. And then people would just rent it and watch it because the big moves would always be rented out but you could go and rent chopping mall because it was in. So you'd get it, take it home and like watch this movie. You don't know what it's about, but Hey, this movie's great. Yeah. And then you talk about it with your friends you read about it in Fangoria magazine or whatever. And you know, now I guess the version of that is like, it doesn't do well in the theater, but you know, then it become goes straight to, Apple Plus or Netflix or whatever. Of course, now it goes straight to those things probably now, I guess. Well, it's kind of weird. So the yeah, only movie yeah. I could think of in the last couple years that's made it big from underground uh, source was uh, Terrorizer. 
you know, because that movie, yeah, exactly. I don't think the first one was even released in theaters. Not, I mean, it might have been very limited release, but it, not to yeah. my knowledge, it was. But you know, so the, that director, um, he he released uh, two kind of like shorter films, semi anthology style, um, called mm-hmm. All Hallows Eve, and one of the yeah. one of the the killers was the uh, the 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 clown, Art the Clown, and then he made a mm-hmm. full movie that the Terrorizer one. Um, and I think that one got so much big, you know, hype about it because of the crazy, you know, Saul scene that it was in that movie that it got, yeah. you know, passed around maybe through like DVDs and different, I don't know if it was even on streaming sites when it was getting passed around. Um, but you know, that had such a good buzz when he actually released Terrifier 2, you know, he put that movie in certain theaters and I think because of the buzz from the first one and a little buzz from people going to watch the movie in theaters, like a different style of a horror movie kind of um you just get such such a big buzz that that one got very popular and part of his next ones will be in theaters um for now on so he he's the only one i can kind of think that had a underground buzz that actually got him into theaters so unlike these movies were in theaters and then they they got most of their buzz outside of the theaters mostly on video video cassette so pretty interesting stuff there brother so apparently, in November of 2011, Dry County Entertainment acquired the film rights to Chopping Mall, and they intended to make a remake with the film having a supernatural twist, brother. Boo. I mean, we could just make I hope, these... I hope this never happens. We can make these robots fucking E.T., brother. Right. Yeah, just make them... Uh, <laughs> just make them... Uh, yeah. yeah, make them demon-possessed or something. I don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't want. I don't think you should remake things like this. I mean, this movie is like perfect the way it is. Yes. Well, just don't you're, re, don't you're in luck because they're taken forever. Yep. <laughs> so just nothing has materialized from it, as we know yet. So, but speaking of materializing, everybody, let's get into the full review of yeah. Chopping Mall. They broke into the mall for the wildest all-night party of their lives. At dead meat. But you're never alone in the chopping mall. What's that? Robot life. Chopping mall. We're shopping. Costs you an arm and a leg. So we start off the movie with the dude from Nightmare on Street 3 and 4. He steals a watch. All right. It's getting out of there. I mean, you can automatically tell, like, okay, this is right here. This is 80s, brother. Like, <laughs> the fucking opening scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, robot, like, kind of, I was like thinking, like, okay, first, you know, I've never seen this movie when we, when we, when you picked it out, I never seen like any scenes or knew anything about it. And right. automatically my head goes to, okay, are they trying to rip off Robocop? <laughs> That's right. So the robot is like, just like staring down the guy, shoots him down. And then it was just a presentation. It was like a, uh, it was like a, a work presentation <laughs> video that they put together. Right. So the girl comes up there. She's presenting uh, like a, I guess like mall owners or this particular mall owners or, to the store owners and stuff, this new type of security system. And it's going to be made by, it's made by Dr. Stan Simon. 
and he's talking about these uh, security um, robots and how like there's gonna be the new cutting edge of security. Yeah. Um, we have like this couple. The name is Paul and stuff. They're just cracking jokes. Like he 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 shows the, the three robots. The guy, the girl's like, oh, they look like the Three Stooges. So we're getting some of that going Which- on. <laughs> kind of weird because i mean they just all look like robots i, I don't th- yeah. i thought that was a really sh- shit stupid joke but yeah yes. but yeah they're basically just trying to sell the, this robot security system to uh to uh these people yes and then some guy you know some of the uh, some of the storms were concerned saying like hey you know does this thing like you know kill people and it's like no the the doctor says no they just you know knock them out and stuff and then one guy comes up which is uh uh, Alicia's dad, and he's like, "Hey, you know, like disease robots? Do they, uh, you know, what if somebody's working late and stuff? Like, how do these robots, you know, how how can they tell if somebody's an intruder or if they work in here?" And then this is when Doc does this whole presentation. He goes on saying, "Like, listen, these robots have everything. Okay, yeah, they're controlled by a satellite on top of the roof. Okay, yeah." And that satellite transmit the signal to the main computer. And from that main computer, it translates to all the robots. And the robots, what they are equipped with, everybody. Do you want to hear what they're all equipped with? They have... Tell us. They have darts that can knock out a full-grown man in in less than 30 seconds. They have laser beam eyes. (laughs) Yes, they do. And they're bulletproof. Okay? But they will never break never. into a store. Never. Remember that. They will never break nope. into a store. And everything is great and everything is bulletproof. Nothing can go wrong. No. I no. mean, all you have to do, if you're working late at the mall, yeah. all you've got to do is show them your badge yeah. and everything will be fine. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> just imagine that. Like, I just couldn't <laughs> imagine in my brain. Okay, so we're getting these rub masks, right? I'm working at the yeah. local fucking Sears. All right. Yeah. <laughs> like this, this, this movie is pretty fun because, you know, I've worked at a, a mall. Have you worked at a mall before, Allison? Uh, unfortunately, yes. Okay. Yeah. Me too. I have a bunch of times, actually. Like I was working at this Grapevine Mills mall in fucking Dallas. Boy, this, huh. this brings back memories. I was yeah, in the, the fucking Sears. Sucks. I couldn't imagine if they're like the, the guy, the manager from Sears. Okay. Here, take this badge. Cause like, if you don't show this badge to this robot, it'd probably kill you. It'll kill you with this laser beam eyes. So that's the thing. Okay, so this is the point that I, I had to stop the movie for a second. So it, it it's not designed to kill people, but yes. it has laser beam eyes. Yes. Like, is that a feature that was necessary for the for well, these robots? That's to just have in if case supposed to kill people. That's in case we have a crazy intruder. All right. Uh-huh. Right. Okay, I got you. So they do like a little test. You know, he he he. The doc does a little test at the control center, and he uses his badge. And we see that the badges work. It works yeah. fine, yeah, yes. at this point. And he calls everything, yes, and he calls everything bulletproof. And it's nothing can go wrong at all. And this is, of course, no, when we get nothing, the whole... nothing. It's, yeah, it's going to be a very short movie. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. All right? So we have the whole chopping mall scene. Uh, the only part mm-hmm. I liked about this was the girl who's, like, trying to avoid everybody with her food. And she just drops yeah. it at the end. It's like, fuck, <laughs> I've been there. I've been there before. Yep. And it's it's fun movie, you know, if you want to be very nostalgic. Like you get to see this 80s mall. You get to see like yeah. everything. I, I liked I liked that part. Like seeing back in the day what the mall looked like and everything. I liked it. Yeah, that's kind of cool. It's kind of cool those old malls. Um there's the malls aren't don't look like that anymore. Yeah. Um 
but it, you can actually, if you live in our area, you can go to Atlanta and, uh, oh shit. What's the name of that mall? Um, the mall that they filmed stranger things in, if mm-hmm. they haven't torn it down yet, it's, it's basically closed, but you can go to that and see a real 1980s mall. Just a little side note there. Nice. Um, so now we get, now we meet two characters. We meet Susan and we meet Allison. All right. Allison, is there any uh, relation to Allison Parks on this movie? Absolutely not. Okay. Well, she's a good you shot, tried. by the way. Okay. Yeah. Good shot. So, um, so they're talking about. So basically, Allison served this fat dude a bunch of food, and they're talking about the fat mm-hmm. guy. And apparently, they work at like the local pizza place inside the mall. Yeah. All right. And the uh, the owner, you know, is a uh, you know just a regular pizza owner guy <laughs> and yeah, i like right. i like when he breaks the plate it's like oh you're breaking my heart huh? <laughs> <laughs> with him smoking the whole time yeah smoking around the yes. yeah. <laughs> so the big thing here is uh so <laughs> clearly this is real so susan is trying to convince allison to go to the furniture party now what is the furniture party yes. well uh, <laughs> a couple of the boys will meet soon they work at the furniture store and they're planning on to to lock down the store and have a bunch of girls over so they can have premarital sex. <laughs> yes, premarital sex. Okay. Um are these are they are they supposed to be teenagers? I mean or are they like in their twenties? Because I mean uh, the actors are actually in are definitely in their twenties. Yeah. But like I don't I mean I'm trying to figure out if they're supposed to be like high school age like teenagers or or not. I think they're supposed to be early adults because okay. they're working. You know what I mean? Like we don't have teenagers yeah, but, working in eighties. They're just like wild kids. So these these are I would say early adults, maybe like twenty, twenty one. But I mean, how adult can they be if they happen to well, party in a furniture store? Well, because okay, first of all, so <laughs> I'll explain that here in a second. Okay. So they dropped right. you know, so they basically Susan say, We need you to be ready in an hour and a half for this party. So Susan doesn't want to go to the party. She's too nervous. She's like one of them nervous girls. And eventually, uh, Susan, um, you know, tells her, convinces Allison to go to the party. Okay. Um, this is when we get, um, so, <laughs> so this is when we get the lightning. It hits the, okay, so, okay. <laughs> so this is the, bullet, so our, our doctor said everything was bulletproof. Like, oh, nothing can go wrong at all. I guess he didn't really count lightning hitting the tower. No, it's not lightning proof. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. Fuck. <laughs> How was I supposed to know? I mean, come on, guys. Like, like it doesn't even make it one day. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't even make it like almost an <laughs> like hour. The first day of the robots <laughs> in the mall, they have the lightning strikes the mall and just and makes it all fucked up. Yes. So it, that's when the tiles are like like an app, and now of course the robots are starting to get a little fancy here. So and then this is when we have the uh, the controller. I think his name is Mel. He's like the, mm-hmm. the, the, sh- this is his shift of controlling the, the control room. And he basically just looks at a nudie picture and then he gets killed by one of the robots. All right. So this is when we meet the boys. All right. So now you're asking, why are we having a party in a furniture mall if these guys are older adults? Because it's there. You know, it's, it's, okay, a, because it's there. So basically, we have three characters. We have Michael, who is mm-hmm. the guy who chews gum every scene that he talks. Yeah. We have Greg, no relation. Um, the ner- mm-hmm. kind of like a nerdy guy. Well, I guess he wasn't the nerdy guy. The nerdy guy was Fred. All right. Yeah. 
and they are trying to convince Fred to let them party at this furniture store. So basically, Fred is like the shift lead guy, and the owner of this furniture store that has refrigerators in it, because I saw a big GE sign. Um, <laughs> yep. He's on a town, and I get, he Fred's like, you know, he's like the, the, the owner of it. And then the, the guy, Greg's like, listen, man, we're going to have this party here. I mean, fuck, we got to make sure everything looks good by Monday, or else it's going to be all of our asses. And then he asks, yeah. like, Mike, did you get the beer? And Mike's like, huh, 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 who are you talking to, bro? Huh, huh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So they have the beer and they're ready for all the girls. And then, so Greg's like, okay, we got the beer, we got the food, and I know we got clean sheets. So they're ready to fuck. All right, they're ready Ooh. to get it going. All right. And then they basically are convincing Fred. Fred's trying to work. And it's like, hey, man, it's Friday and tell that girl who wants her whatever thing once her curtain to go fuck off so this is when we meet um oh and this is when um this is when michael's like hey i'm going to go and talk to uh leslie i'm gonna go talk to leslie and he does a little humping sign uh so this is <laughs> so this is when we meet talk to yeah. leslie so this is when we meet rick and linda they're like married they're like newly married couple and the car breaks down, and of course, you know, Linda, she's like a, a good mechanic and everything. And Rick, he kind of doesn't want to go to this furniture party, but Linda convinces him because it was all Susan's idea, and they blew off all their money in the marriage. And he's not about to go until Linda throws him her bra, and he's all ready to go fuck now in the in the furniture yep. store. So it's like, it's looking like all these kids, they're not necessarily want an orgy, but they all want to go fuck by each other. Okay. Right. So now we meet, um, so Allison now is, she's talking to Susan about, you know, Allison was able to get permission to hang out because she's like a nice girl, while Susan had to like, mm-hmm. you know, be a little more creative asking their parents. So maybe they are teenagers. I can't, I, they had to be like mid, I'm not sure, maybe some of them are teenagers, some of them are adults. I couldn't really tell. Yeah. So Allison just thinks, I hope I don't regret this in the morning. Oh. Oh, you will. <laughs> oh, you will. Yes. So, so now they, uh, so now they're like walking, and they're they're going to the furniture store because the mall is about to close, and they keep doing their babe joke. The babe, yes. the babe joke. Okay. So we have this other computer scientist, security guard. So were they security guards or were they computer scientists? No, I think they're just people that are controlling the robots, right? Yes. So they all have like lab coats they're, on. Well, for some they're reason. like they're supposed to be like monitoring the robots. They're like scientists. Or so why do they need a lab coat on? Because <laughs> I, I don't know. Because that looks. Uh, like, might be for they, like. Looks like they know a lot. But they're just sitting by a computer. It doesn't make any sense. I know. I don't because you wear a lab coat to keep from getting like chemicals on your clothes, right? Yes. That's what a lab coat's for. Are they supposed to get robot, robot. It doesn't make any sense. It, does, it doesn't make any sense. But like, if it, I guess if you're wearing a lab coat, then you look like you're intelligent and you know what you're doing. Yes. But they obviously do not. So we asked for the uh, the guy Marty or Mal, whatever the guy's name was. The, the guy got killed. He's on around there and stuff. And the guy, you know, sits down, starts reading his book. And we had the machines are turning on. He kind of looks around everything. He's reading, uh, you know, 
the book, like they came from outer space book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's about to get attacked. So now we have when like the kids, um, they're partying and stuff. So what happened also to, you know, when, um, when Michael met Leslie, uh, he's all kissing on her. And that's when we find out that, uh, that Leslie, like her dad, all right, works. Like, I guess he works for her dad and he owns like the store, the MGK store that they are, or MGA store that they, they work her in. And then, you know, the dad, like, basically caught him and, you know, he's just saying, like, hey, you know, I'm going to be taking your daughter home and everything. And you can see a little tension there. Right. So now we're now we are at the Furniture King store. Okay. And they're all like partying and kissing stuff. Um, So and then eventually um, Susan and Allison, they come by and they really want Allison to meet. Uh, our boy, Ferdy. I guess his name is Ferdy. I thought his name was Fred. Ferdy. It's yeah. Ferdy. Yeah, it's Ferdy. Yeah. What a dumb name, Ferdy. Uh, that's what I was. That's what I was doing, Ferdy. <laughs> what a mark. All right. Anyway, so yeah. Ferdy, uh, he's all there, and then they eventually meet, and they are uh, they are like all like googly eyed for each other. All right, and this is also too when we see a bunch of robots. They are after they killed that guy who was reading the book uh, that lab coat number two they're they are now free and they are now patrolling the the levels now so they go into level one first mm-hmm. here comes a couple of my favorite scenes <clears throat> so linda and rick they're already at the party all right they're they're in the one of the scenes drinking beer and kissing okay my boy rick's in bed all right the clean sheets brother we see uh, we see Linda. She walks out. Laundry everywhere, brother. He's all like, "You got permit for that outfit?" And she's like, "No officer, no officer. You're probably just going to take me in." And you best you best believe everybody out there. I used that on Beth. Yeah, you best believe I did. Yeah, you and know it, that worked. And it worked. Mm-hmm. Bro, I'm telling you, man. These '80s pickup lines. I mean, come on. I mean, every bro. Mm. These are great lines. Everybody take notes. I should do like a whole note list of like these 80s pickup lines because they're fantastic. So they all start kissing every. <laughs> this like so ridiculous. I love it. Okay, this is my other favorite line. <clears throat> so Greg is, so so the, here's the couples, everybody. I don't know if we explained. So, you know, obviously we said Linda and Rick, they're like a married couple. We have Greg and Susan. They're like a couple. I'm not sure if they're married. Probably just dating. And then we have Mike and we have Lisa. All right. Or Leslie. Sorry. So now Greg and Susan, they're kissing. And he's all like, you smell like pepperoni. She's like, oh, my gosh. She gets up all offense. He's all like, I like pepperonis, though. And she's like, okay. If you like pepperoni so much, and he starts taking off her top. All right. And then they go and kiss some more. Uh, and I was thinking in my head, was it this easy in the 80s? I mean, fuck. No wonder so many people were born. <laughs> Are you there? Exactly. It's, I mean, it, it probably was that easy. Yeah. Yes. So now, um, <laughs> this is all like happened back to back. So now the, the, the character, uh, Leslie, she doesn't want head from Michael. She's like, I don't like that. I was like, okay, wow, we're, we're, getting, this, we're getting this thing going. All right. 
And then, of course, the two, I put the two nerds, which are Ferdy and Allison. They're watching, um, they're watching a horror movie together. So they're not, they're not getting it on. And then, uh, you know, then uh, Ferdy asks, like, hey, Allison, do you want some more wine? And she's like, oh, are you trying to get me junk? And he's all like, no, yes, no, I'm not. Yes, I am. He's like, yes. <laughs> he's like, no. <laughs> and then he's like, hey, you know, uh, maybe I should, you know, just, you look like you're getting a little tired and. Maybe we you know I should take you home. Then next thing they know, they hear, "Oh, you're the king." I guess one of the girls is going crazy. Yeah, I guess one of yeah. them succeeded. And then after that, you know, Freddie's talk about like, "Hey, you know, I'll take you home and stuff." And then um, Allison's like, "No, we can stay here a little longer." And then they start kissing. So everybody's here to fuck. So now we have this Walter, the janitor. He's like cleaning up a mess with more mess. <laughs> like he like he has like a, a, a he has like a bucket of you know water he's like mopping it up but the bucket's full of like looks like fucking chocolate milk or nasty something ass. yeah i know it's like nasty that's like the nastiest <laughs> water that i've ever seen like i don't know i mean maybe like he's like just soaking up the nasty water and like putting it back in the i don't know but yeah it's pretty gross pretty so so he so two guys start making fun of him and stuff two other janitors and stuff and he basically tells them to go f off and everything he calls them a bunch of bastards the robot comes up, just pushes the bucket over. All right. Like, while fucking Walter, like, freaks out. Things like, let me see your ID badge. He's like, fucking ID badge? What the fuck are you talking about? You know? And then while he was, like, complaining to the robot, the robot, like, puts out, like, um, like a cord. I guess we didn't know it had this part to it. But it pulls out a cord. Walter's complaining. And then eventually the robot shocks him. So not only do these robots have laser beams, they have tranquilizers, but they also have electricity to them yeah. as well too this was never mentioned that they yeah. could electrocute you so now they have darts that knock you out but they also have laser beam eyes that can kill you and they ha- they can electrocute you so yeah. clearly there's more to these robots than we were led to believe yes it's all part of the corporate plan brother so and then after it's done like killing somebody it always says thank you have a, have a nice day right. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my favorite part where they're like thank you have a nice day after they kill you Yes, so Leslie, now she needs cigarettes after getting it on with Michael. Michael's like, you don't need to smoke that. All right, I got something else for you to smoke. She's like, no. Yeah. He's like, and then he talks about having like these uh, these other kind of cigarettes, this brand. And she's like, no, you know, I can't, I can't smoke no, those. No, I need the virgin good. one. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we got this uh, comedy. So Mike eventually agrees. To go get the cigarettes, even though he want, doesn't want to. And to be more convinced, she shows off her tits. Okay. Now we got our 1980s boob shot. Bro, they're everywhere on this movie. Yeah. So Michael's going over now. He's uh, he's out in the mall now. So he's out of the store. He's in the mall because the virgin cigarettes are in a, uh, in a vending machine, which you will never see nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talk about like, we always talk about things you can't do nowadays yeah, yeah like like a vending machine for cigarettes is like yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean that's, it's that's it's, it's possible but i doubt there will be a vending machine for cigarettes in the mall like that's not gonna happen not not well then i bet so i mean like the thing is though like how did that work like how did you i mean obviously you had to be a certain age to smoke but i mean there was no way to id you at the vending machine yeah you're right 
So like, like did kids just go up and buy buy cigarettes out of a vending machine all the time when nobody was looking? I mean, I guess. It's the eighties, Brian. Maybe they didn't give a fuck. This mom didn't give a fuck. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. No, for sure. So while Michael is getting the uh, cigarettes, a phone call happens, and he says, "Oh, this ain't Jamal," and he just hangs up. So we're guessing that maybe the corporation knows that there's an outage and they're trying to get hold of the lab people, but the lab people are already dead. That's what I got out of that phone call. So the robot shows up, scares Michael, says, "Show me your badge." All right, and, the, and then Michael does. He shows him the badge and everything. He's kind of freaked out by the robot. And then eventually the robot's arms just open. And Michael kind of freaks out. He runs, but he gets shot in the back with a tranquilizer. And then they eventually, mm-hmm. the robot grabs his throat. We see um, Leslie. She's now in the mall with panties on. And we have to, of course, you know, this is the uh, 1986 movie made for males. We had to get a nice butt shot. Okay. Of her, of oh, her yeah. walking around in the panties. How did this not do good for a male audience? All right, eighteen to thirty-six, Brad, I don't brother. Like, how would you not? How could you not <laughs> like this? Yeah, especially if we were male, eighteen to thirty-six, brother. But uh, so she's walking around there with the panties on. She's looking for Mike. She eventually she thinks it's Brandon. Maybe she's getting her name on. So basically, she was calling out for. She thinks it was a uh, a rib by by a couple like a couple people. Like she thinks it was like you know. Somebody just uh, playing a joke on her. She she trips over Michael, and now she sees him dead. She freaks out. Robot starts following her. Uh, The whole crew wakes up after they're kind of done fucking. They're looking through the window of the store, and they see Leslie. She's running away from this robot, and the robot's shooting 1980s laser beams at her. I loved it. I think they're like pink looking. And they eventually like, like yeah, that was great. And they eventually blow up her head. And there she goes. And then it says, thank you. Have a nice day. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah. it's just such a typical, like, 1980s over-the-top gore scene. Like, it shoots her and her head explodes. Yes. Oh, her head just blows hard up. So the kids, well, see, right, the, yeah. the kids see, I'll see that, you know, the whole kid's in there. Like, I'm going to talk about all of them. You know, we got Greg, we got Susan, we got Linda, yeah. we got uh, Rick, we got... Um, we have uh, Ferdy, and we got yeah. Alice, and they're all see there. Like, and then, shit. and now the robots break through the glass. So are yeah, we heard from Doctor? Yeah, any stores. Yeah, remember? but what happened is lightning fried their circuits, and now they're just fucking killer <laughs> robots now. Right now, <laughs> so we didn't count when we built these killer machines for Mother Nature for yes. for lightning. Yeah, so yeah. like not only. So in most cases, when lightning strikes something and it and you have a power surge, it yeah. just stops working. <laughs> it doesn't this case, become brother. like a murderous machine. Yeah, but but yeah, this one uh, I suppose does. It just it 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 uh it it has these um features yes. that we didn't really need, like electrocution and laser beams, and now those things are going wrong because now we don't have any like governor on these robots. Yeah, I mean, come on now, duh. So now it's in the store, shooting laser beams everywhere. So this part, it, all these kids are just diving everywhere, falling down. I was like, here's where the budget is, right here. They're blowing up all this whole fucking store. That's, that's where the $800,000 went. <laughs> that, that and the, uh, the editing process with the laser beams. Yeah. So they go in the storage room. They all like lock the door and stuff, and they're, they're trying to barricade the door in, and they're trying to figure out a way out. And they also want to get some weapons. Like It was Rick, Rick's idea to go get some weapons and stuff. And right. right when this happens, the whole mall locks down. Like, 
like fucking just because <laughs> he talked about that earlier the doc did like you know right when, when emergency stuff happens the whole mall will like lock down and it doesn't open until no, 6 a.m as I say, didn't he say it locks down at a certain night time of night anyway? Yeah, yeah, locked down. Yeah, and that's why night. the that's one of the reasons the janitor was pissed off because he was trying to get out before the mall locked down. Yeah, but like, why is this a feature that they need? So like, at a certain time of night, the mall, all the doors slammed shut, the bulletproof doors, and they can't, <laughs> like, you can't get in or out of the mall until a certain time. Like, why? Why was that necessary? Well, what I don't get too is if the if the mall has like this fucking stainless steel bank vault onto it. Why do they need robots trolling the nighttime? <laughs> right, like if the bank vault's bulletproof, like why does why does there a bank vault in the mall? No, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Well, this mall did have everything. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. like this mall oh, had everything. We'll get we'll get to that. All right. <laughs> it's, so it's, yeah, so, so yeah, we're locked down now. Yeah. So the phones are dead now. All right. The uh the computer is in control of everything now. That's what they're saying. The the main computer is in control of everything now. And right. they basically, they their idea is now to get to the uh, the ground level, you know, the garage area, because they think they can escape from there. But first, they right. want to put all the girls into the vent. And eventually, the, the, the robots blow up the door. All the girls get up into the vent, and the guys run, and they kind of get out of there. So we have all three girls in the vent. We have Susan, Linda, and Allison. And Susan, she cannot handle yeah. this vent. The shit's too hot. It's burning up her yeah, skin. She starts to freak out. All right. She's claustrophobic. She's claustrophobic and everything. The three guys, they go to the sporting goods store and they get machine guns in a 1986 <laughs> mall. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I guess you could do that. And they weren't even locked up. The mall like they weren't even locked up. No, They're just out no. there in the open. And they got like fucking yeah. just massive amount of bullets <laughs> and shit. Yeah. Okay. So good, so good. So they lock and ready. They get all like ready and stuff. Like they look like they're like the trying to be like the like fucking uh, Rambo or something. All right. Yep. And then of course the nerd guy he gets a the gun. They don't think he can shoot it, but he said he saw Dirty Harry twenty four times. Okay. So uh, yeah, it's good enough, right? Yep. So they see a robot. They start shooting his ass. And I don't know if they were like missing. But they're bulletproof. Well, yes, but they also look like they were missing a lot too. <laughs> so I don't know what was right. going on with this fight. Because they were shooting bullets, and the, the 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 robots were shooting laser beams, but everybody was missing each other. Yeah, like well, just misses everywhere. All right. Well, you need the plot to continue because if the neither one of those people can die, because the plot has to continue. That's true. So eventually, they use um, a gas tank uh, that was Ferdy's idea, and they eventually blow up yeah. one robot. Hmm. So. Um, Susan, she needs Greg. I'm right here, girl. I'm right here for you. So <laughs> she uh, she needs Greg, and that she basically is freaking out, and she needs to go check on Greg, and then she needs she needs to go help him out. All right. So she eventually uh, breaks out of the vent, and she goes into like a uh, a store filled with gasoline. There's a yeah, random a store, store in the mall. That, gasoline. Yeah. I mean, uh, duh, you have that every gasoline. Month. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just okay, there. You know, just in case Fair you enough. need it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they look at the, the robot. So apparently, like, uh, Rick and Greg and uh, uh, Freddy, they all look at the robot and they said, yeah. oh, look, it's robot's blood. That's interesting. 
That is interesting. And then they need more tanks. So these robots have blood, apparently. Apparently. So Susan's still freaking out about Greg, saying that he could be hurting all this stuff. And this is when the girls, they're getting all the gasoline cocktails ready. So we have a robot. It's kind of by a shoe store, and it hides a little bit. Uh, Both guys, um, Rick and uh, Greg, they are are getting the... um, they're, they're kind of doing like a booby trap on the elevator. All right. And then they start talking about, you know, being here. And after they're done, uh, Rick will help uh, pay for the beer. So the girls are now making gasoline bombs. And then this is when Al- Allison, she, she takes a flare and she hides it in her shirt. That will come up later. So now we have... Um, we have Greg and then the uh, the Rick guy. He's all to talk about um, on top of the elevator. They're still on top of it. They're getting everything ready. And then they eventually hear the girls scream because they're outside now. They're getting chased by a, a robot. And this is when Susan, she just freaks out the whole time. Like she, she acts like she was kind of tough, but she was just like screaming, freaking out. The, the robot is like shooting laser beams at all three girls. And eventually they the robot shoot. Susan in the leg. The other two girls are too afraid to help her out because they don't want to get shot by laser beams. And eventually, the, the the robot shoots the gasoline that was in Susan's hand, and she burns to death. So that's crazy. And this is when the guys show up, and this is when Greg sees his woman has been burnt up. He freaks out and shoots him, but then they all run away, and they eventually blow up this robot as well, too. So now they are in the the pizza store, all right? And Linda is making some calculations, all right? But I wasn't really sure what she was calculating. She was saying, I guess they're going to be in <laughs> debt or something. So they're basically trying to like kind of trying to wait it out, you know what I mean? Until like the doors open, I guess. But I guess Linda, uh, maybe because Linda thought like, okay, maybe she's calculating how much damage they owe for the whole mall or something like that. And this is I, when, I guess so. yeah, something like that. So now Greg is like freaking out a little bit. He's all like, you know, we stuck together, but you know, look how good that did Susan. You know, and Freddie's like saying something. He's like, shut the fuck up, Freddie. All right. <laughs> and then Freddie's like, "Listen, man, the way we could beat this thing is we got to go to the, ma- the, the the main computer. If we can go to the main computer, we can shoot it down. We can beat these robots." Yeah. And then he's all, and then of course Greg's like, well, "Let's fucking do it. Let's fucking destroy these things. Let's destroy this f- computer." So we show up to the next scene. They're all running to like on the escalator. Like I get out of the pizza shop. They're all running up to the escalator. Greg's like taking the man. He's like ready to go. He's super pissed. He wants revenge, brother. So he runs all the way up the escalator. Doesn't, you know, before everybody else does. Turns around. Tells everybody to hurry up. Robots behind him. Fucking just like stabs his ass and throws his ass off the fucking balcony. Face first. So he's dead. So he fucked up. So after he all blows, after he like gets face first into the floor. So after all this, the kids, they're now running to like a different like stock room, a different, um, a different store and they run to the stock room and then they, uh, they get past like a, uh, uh, one of those like, you know, gates 
And then the robots are trying to open the gate by using like heat lasers to open up this gate. And then during all this stuff, Allison, she got shot, but she's okay. And then robots are trying to use their heat lasers to open up the door. Um, the kids go up to the top floor. Um, and then the robo, one of the robo, robo machines goes to level three. The Robocops. Yeah, the Robocops. Um, so um, Allison's asking, like, hey, we all should split up. And Ferdy's like, hell no, we ain't splitting up at all. Linda's freaking out because she is she's not used to being chased by killer robots around a mall at nighttime. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, everybody mm-hmm. else seems to be pretty comfortable with it, but yeah, but she's not. It's, she's it's not used sad to it. that she's not used to being chased by killer robots. Yeah. So they're all in the storage room now. They're all hugging and stuff. The robots break in. They all wake up. They start fucking leaving. They're all like, you know, they're trying to. So I guess they were just like re- relaxing until his door opened or something. Yeah. Um. So they're up there. So they have an idea now. They're like, hey, why don't we use something for distractions? So Allison has the idea to put mannequins. Yes. They ha- so the robots break in, but then they have time to gather all these mannequins and put them out in the front of the store. Okay. With mirrors behind them. And Allison, there's something I learned for the first time while watching this film. You know what that is? Apparently, uh, if you have apparently if you have laser beam technology, what you could do is you can just get a mirror and it will just reflect mm-hmm. the laser beam off. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because that's how that would work, right? Yeah. I mean, is it I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that's a pretty it's a pretty handy um um counter to lasers. Yeah. <laughs> you just you just uh, you just put up a mirror and the laser is reflected right back. Yeah, and it blows up whatever. Uh, yeah, it blows whatever up the robot. Was, uh, whatever's there. So yeah, just blows up. The so robot. here's what it's happens. Fantastic. So here's what happens. So <laughs> they use the gimmick. This is a great plan, by the way. Yes. So the the plan kind of works. So they use one mirror laser to break one robot. For some reason, yes. Linda was just like standing in the line of fire. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe she was thinking like, well, these fucking things, like they have laser beams, but they miss me all the time. And they were missing her a good amount. You know, but people were shooting. And she was just sitting there. She's like, Rick, Rick. Like, what the fuck? You? And then she just gets shot by the laser. Rick freaks out. He uses a, 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 a golf cart to run right into the yeah. robot. And then he gets shocked and killed. So there goes those two guys. And I was like, is that, why don't you just use the mirror? Now we just saw that right. the well, fucking mirror, the mirror worked. Right. Why didn't you just hold a mirror up to your body and then wait for the stupid thing to fire you so you could blow it up? No, nobody right. ever thought of that. Right? They were like, <laughs> exactly. Like they were like full body mirrors. Like they yeah. were like the size of a person. Why didn't they just hold the mirror? Yeah. In front of their in front of themselves, and then they would have been fine. They could have just like, you know, you know what I mean. Like they could have just reflected yeah. all the laser beams back at that point. Yeah. And did I notice where right when Rick's body blew up, it was actually a mannequin that they used. Yeah, I saw that too. That was that was great special effect. So, Freddy now says, "Okay, we have to go to the main computer now. Now we can't use mirrors that actually work. We had to go to the main computer, which was our idea in the first place, to beat these robots. Not mirrors that, not mirrors. Even though that worked. Okay. So Allison now she she so they both like agree to kind of split up and they both go to like separate rooms now to find I guess where the main computer is." So we see a you know long shots of them walking through everything. Uh, Allison gets um, 
scared by the closet. She goes into the closet room, and eventually she gets attacked by a robot that was hiding in the closet. She freaks out, asks for Ferdy. Ferdy shows up, shoots the thing in the eyeball. Or, or apparently, <laughs> apparently, everybody missed bullets everywhere. We had machine guns. We have everything shooting these robots. Apparently, if you just get close to the robot and you shoot its eye, it will, the eye will at least break. Okay. Yeah, the eye is not bulletproof. Yes. So now, uh, Ferdy, he is getting the uh, robots uh, distracted. He throws like a, like a metal pipe at him, and the robot just throws the metal pipe back, and we think that's the end of Ferdy. And then now we can see that the robot's eye is all fucked up. All right. Yeah. And while it's all fucked up, um, she, uh, uh, the robot starts chasing Allison now. So I just love that the robot's hiding in the closet. Yes. So robots, <laughs> yes, he's like hiding in the closet. Yes, that's what he. Yeah, I mean, come on, yeah, yeah that's like how you they're get pretty. Them. They're pretty big, but they can get in inside and out, in and out of anything, yeah. pretty much any door. So here's a scene that I'm surprised they didn't cut out, but we have it anyway. So Allison, she runs into. Um, apparently, in this mall, they have a pet store. In this mall too, and the pets are snakes and tarantulas. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So my favorite part of this part is when she like she like runs underneath the the fixture and she tries to hide herself with a bag. Yeah. I love that. I thought that part so was great. Good. So the robot gets in there, obviously she's hiding, and the robot just starts to yeah. like break all the, the cages. So we see spiders, mm-hmm. uh, of course they're tarantulas, you know, of course, and and snakes and everything, and they all just gravitate yeah. towards her right there. Mm-hmm. And she's trying hard not That's to scream and everything. And then the, the robot leaves. She gets up. And she wasn't scared the whole time until something like falls in front of her face. Then she screams. And now the robot follows her. And um, now we see... Now that Alice... She's like runs out of the store. And she's hanging on on part of the cliff of the mall. And she eventually... Cliff. Fall- yeah, like off the, like the like, upper level. Yeah, the yeah. upper level. Yeah. Yeah, she's on the upper level. Yeah. She's hanging off. Trying to hide from the robot some more. She eventually falls on all the on the sports memorabilia stand. Perfectly fine. She doesn't fall like Greg. Greg fell head, head first, but she fell. You know, she she just broke her well, fall. Yeah, no he problem. Hit the floor though. Yeah. Right. So right, exactly. So now she knows that she has the flare, and she sees a paint store now. So now we have a paint store in the small too. So she goes and she breaks through the glass in the paint store. She puts all kind of paint on the floor. And she puts paint thinner on the floor too. Okay. We got our modern day Sarah Connor over here. Yeah, yeah. Everybody. All right. Exactly. Yeah, yes. Allison's basically an action hero in this movie. Yes. And she she her hair was just like Sarah Connor's too. And the first uh, and she was getting chased by yes, killer robots. Yeah. I mean, come on now. I mean, what more do you need, brother? So she eventually uh um she eventually gets the robot's attention. So the robot follows her into the paint store. Of course, the robot gets stuck in the paint. He can't escape. She brings up her flare. She says, have a great day. Throws the flare, blows it up. She falls down a little bit. She gets up. She's walking. She's like upset and everything. And then she sees Ferdy on the stairs. He says, hi, I'm here. And then they hug. Then we end. Chopping mall, everybody. What a doozy. Yep. Very con- very concise. Very concise. Bro. Um, I love how the mall has a gasoline store and a paint store in it. 
Um, well, they had and- the paint thinner and, and, and paint and yeah. Oh yeah. And gasoline. Yeah. Yeah. It just has all this. It yeah. just had, everything was very convenient for but, them to have, you know, we yeah, had guns there, yeah. we have gasoline, we have paint, we have, you know, yeah. come on now. All in the mall. But why? Like, yeah. Like, so I have a couple of issues with this movie. Um, one, why, when she's hiding from the robot, why is she doing something so dangerous as hanging off the upper level of the mall? Like, why doesn't she just hide behind like a drink machine or something? Well, because the robot is too <laughs> smart. He, oh, of course. He has, right. he has but x-ray can't, vision. can't tell that she's hanging off the side of the ledge? No. Because his okay. vision can only go from eye level. Uh, okay. Uh-huh. All right. Very good. And it's also, there's only three robots in this entire mall. So how why don't they just sneak out before the doors close? Like once they saw their friend get her head blowed up, like why don't they just like sneak well, out? Well, because the robots were following following them too much. That's why. No, and it seems like there was like more than three. Like no, act- there's, there, but this it 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 pretty much tells us there's only three. Yes, there's only three robots. And I don't. How do they get from one level to the next? Like on the escalator, the robots. Oh, remember the one went through the elevator. Oh, I forgot. There's an elevator. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what we talked about. There's an elevator scene where where it goes onto the elevator and they try to blow it up. But I guess it didn't work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You're right. I forgot. Maybe they have like their own uh, special elevator. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they build an elevator for these robots to move from level to level. Yeah. Damn. But um, I don't know. I mean, what'd you think? What'd you think of the movie? I thought it was fun. I thought it was a very fun movie. I mean, compared to the other movies we did this month, I mean, it was definitely a lot. this month is very interesting. Anything's better. So yeah, anything's better than what we've previously done. <laughs> so this movie, this month has been very interesting for retro blood history. So we we started off in a uh, a golf course, okay, mm-hmm. for blades. All right. Yep. Then we then we traveled um to the uh, to, to 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 the uh, the what the fishing fishing lodge. Yeah. Then we went fishing. Yeah. And then we did uh, we well we we did a construction website our website we did a construction field, you know for microwave massacre that was a trip, you know what I mean? Yep. Then yep. we went to the uh, the fishing lodge for bled hook, yeah. and now we're at a mall. So we've been everywhere. This now we're at the mall. I mean, we're we've just been all over the place. For we're just all over mm-hmm. the place here, getting destroyed by these killer objects. I mean, we went from a lawnmower to a kind of a microwave. To a fishing hook guy. To a hook. To a hook. To fucking killer machine mall robots. I mean, come on. What more, do you, what more can you ask for? So, crazy month. I loved it. So, very fun, everybody. Very fun month. I'm glad you all joined us here for our killer objects months here on the Retro Blood. But, join us here next week for a brand new month here at the Retro Blood. We are entering mm. February here at yep. the Retro Blood. And... To spice it up a little bit, we are going to be doing a full month of ice cold chillers and horror movies. Yeah. So we we picked out four horror movies, which we'll talk more about in February. Um, but we are doing like a a snow month. You know, a lot of horror movies that have like snow or it's out in the cold or winter. Mm. Um, we're doing that for February because you know February is known to be like for being cold, for being cold, and being one of the coldest months. <laughs> out here brother yeah so this is like a sequel it'll be a sequel to our uh, hellfire month that we had in july when it was really hot yes and the first movie we're doing is 1983 or four curtains or four <laughs> curtains brother 
So yeah, join us here next great. week for Curtains. And um, on that episode, too, we will give the, the schedule for February plus the special Lights Out program we're going to be doing that's going to be dropping on Valentine's Day, everybody. Lights so, Out. Lights Out, brother. So, Allison, well, actually, it's me. I did the music this time. What what should I play at the end? Well, let's play some Depeche Mode, brother. How about yeah. we do the uh, How about we do the song that got you into them? Was it called Stripped? Stripped. Let's do it. Let's play it. Uh, Stripped from Depeche Mode off their album Black Celebration. Because yeah. boy, there was Great definitely song. a lot of strip going on over here, brother. Yeah, uh, especially, yeah, especially not furniture. Wouldn't be a storm. 1980s movie without it. It wouldn't be out of it, brother. All right, everybody. We will catch you here next time on the Retro Blood. Have a good one. Yeah. Show.